Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, don't stop worshiping. Just because Josh stopped singing, we've got an anointed worship team. No, no, I don't want you to shout right now. I want you to worship. There's a difference. Praise is a shout. Worship is a cry. Holy Spirit, let us just raise our hands everywhere, in every home, in every heart, in every life. And Lord, I pray that we would just open up our life to you and what you have for us. God, there's such a sweet presence in this place. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you're speaking, you're moving, you're doing a great work. And those of you right now, listen to me with your eyes closed and your head bowed. Those of you who are feeling something, it's not your feelings, it's not your emotions, it's not the enemy trying to tell you, oh, it's just this and that. It's it's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that within you, He has already gifted you with a wellspring of life waiting to team forth. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that there's something deeper in each and every person in this place and under the sound of my voice. And I thank you, God, that there's something stirring, something stirring. And just begin to pray. If you feel that, I want you to begin to pray, Lord, stir it up. Lord, stir up my gifts, stir up my anointing, stir up what you put inside of me, stir up the Holy Spirit in me. Lord, I feel something today. And Lord, I can't explain what I feel, but I know who it is. And I thank the Holy Spirit right now for showing up. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm going to read a scripture into your heart while you're standing for the reading of the word. It's in Exodus chapter 30, verse 22. It says, Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also you shall take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid burr, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, and 500 shekels of cassia, and according to the shekel of the sanctuary, a hen of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy, everybody say holy, holy, to be set apart, holy, sanctified, consecrated, declared for God, holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer, it shall be a holy anointing oil. And Lord, we thank you, God, that there's something holy taking place right now in every heart and mind and life. And Lord, I thank you. It is undeniable. It is the real thing. And Lord, something is stirring in each and every one of your children right now. There is a, there is a feeling of breakthrough. There is a, free, a feeling of blessing in here, this place. I can, I can hear the word of the Lord that somebody's about to get what you've been praying for for a long time and you have been waiting you have been longing you have been seeking and god says i am here now today is the day of your salvation now is the time i'm arriving right on time and i've got the answer that you've been praying for for all these years holy spirit move and holy spirit i pray that you'd anoint me and help me flow in your anointing to accomplish the assignment which you have me on And I thank you, Lord, that you brought me here today for such a time as this, to see breakthrough. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Give God some praise one more time. Turn to your neighbor, say, get ready, get ready, get ready. And you may be seated. Get ready, get ready, get ready. God's going to do something incredible. We're on a series entitled, What's the Difference? What's the difference? Everybody say, what's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference difference, uh, between them and us? What's the difference between 
uh, black and white? What's the difference between red and blue? What's the difference between us, uh, our state and their state? What's the difference between that church and this church? And what's the difference between that preaching and this preaching? What's the difference between that worship and this worship? Uh, what, what, I've, asked, I've had people come into this place before and say, I've been to other churches and I heard them sing the same songs and I didn't feel the same thing I felt here today. And I'm here to tell you what the difference is. What's the difference between you and me? What's the difference between us and them? What's the difference? And the difference is the answer is short, simple, sweet, and powerful and to the point. And the answer is the anointing. The, the answer is the anointing. Oh, I, I, oh, we got some new people here today. Okay, here, let, let's work through this. Uh, we are two things at this church. We are a note-taking church, so break out your Bibles and get your notebooks because if you're not taking what God is saying to you seriously, he'll never take what you say seriously. So start taking it seriously. And then number two, we're an expressive church, and we know how to give a good amen. Okay, we're, we're good. Y'all got to help me preach. Y'all act like it's all my job. We got we to gotta see what the Holy Spirit has to say today. And when it comes to the anointing, the anointing is interesting because it's not very well preached on. It's not preached on a lot. And then on top of that, it's not really clearly understood. The anointing is for promotion. We see that with David. We see that the anointing of God is to promote somebody. David went from a shepherd to a king. Why? Because of the anointing. He got anointed to become king. And, and we see that the anointing is for protection. We see that the anointing, because we see how the Bible cut what would have shepherds cover their sheep with oil and an anointing because it protects them from pests and it protects them from uh, uh, infections. It protects them from disease. It protects them. And we see that the Holy Spirit is the anointing over our life and the Holy Spirit protects our life and that we need the anointing of God in our life. And, and the anointing of God comes with gifts and fruit. And then you, some of you have heard me teach on it before. You ever heard? Raise your hand if you've heard of the fruits of the Spirit. Go ahead. Raise your hand. Love, joy, peace, kindness. Okay, great. Look at that. Now, if I was to say, you know what? I really like love, joy, and peace, but I don't really get along with self-control. <laughs> or how about theologically? Let's not even go from a feeling place. Let's go from a doctrinal place. I believe in love, joy, and peace, but I don't believe in self-control. How foolish does that sound? And so the same thing with the gifts of the Spirit, because it's the gifts of His Spirit. So if I deny a gift, I deny the gift. They're not my gifts, they're His gifts. And it's not my fruit, it's His fruit. The Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Your name's not in there. And it's when you decide to choose to let the Holy Spirit work through you that you see love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. You, you, it's, the love, it's the Holy Spirit at work. We love to take credit for it, though. I'm just a loving person, you know. I'm just a kind guy. I'm just naturally, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just that good, bro. And we like to take, but it's really every good gift comes from the Father of heaven, right. right? So we know that everything good I have comes from him. So what's the difference? The difference is the anointing of God. And then next, if you're writing these down, which I hope you are, I kind of rattled them off pretty quick. So it, it promotes, it protects, and it empowers so the Holy Spirit empowers, the anointing of God empowers you. It empowers because we see in James chapter 5, he says, go to the elders of the church that they may lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and in the name of Jesus that you may be healed. And so you get healed by praying and laying on of hands. And oil, anointing, it's not, it's, it's not really, you know, like a thing that people like to do. You don't want to get all messy. You know, you got your lotions on and you got your moisturizer on and your makeup on. And my wife, normally when I go to anoint her with oil, she's like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
let me pick the spot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my, my, my wife is tuning in right now, right now at home, and I love her. Let's give her a show some love. Love you, honey. So thankful. And she's not calling me this service, so that's pretty good. Last Sunday, she called me in the middle of this service, so she knows I'm preaching today, and she's tuning in, and so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just teasing. But uh, the anointing empowers. The anointing brings power. What did, the, what did Jesus tell his disciples, right? He said, I got to go, but I want you to do something. I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Oh, Holy Spirit, speak right now. Can I, can I preach on something that's not really part of it? I feel the Holy Spirit, and he taught me something last service, and I feel it again this service that I didn't plan on preaching. But I, I need to tell you, like, we, we love to talk about how the Holy Spirit, to, uh, God, Jesus told him to go and wait, and the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you'll be able to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But we always like to skip over that, that, that go and wait part. Oh, come on. <laughs> Everybody say, Patience. Hey. <laughs> We, we don't like patience because patience is a curse word. <laughs> patience is difficult. Patience is hard. Patience, I, I, I want it now. I want it in our instant society. We're not used to waiting. How, how many times will you go to church and wait to see what you know to be true, to feel in your life? How many times will you keep praying and praying and praying till you finally get an answer? How many are willing to press in, press in, press in and push in and wait and wait and wait? And then finally, because anything worth waiting for is worth receiving. But everything rushed is always usually a lack of quality and integrity. And it's, it's not really what we want. We, we wanted something specific. And, and so because we were impatient, we left or we ran or we just said, oh, I don't have time for that. And we leave. And like the boys on the road to Emmaus, they just kept walking. They were like, oh, man, this is taking forever. And they left. But we got to wait. Because the Holy Spirit's got something important for you and patience is a key to the unlocking of the outpour of the Holy Spirit in your life. He had to go to Peter and Peter who quit with some other disciples, remember? He went back fishing and so they're out fishing and Jesus shows up on the shore without fishing, now has fish and he starts cooking up breakfast because he's just, he's God. And so he starts making up breakfast and he looks at them and he says, hey guys, come on over to the shore. And they're like, oh my gosh, is that Jesus? If it's Jesus, tell me, I'll come. And they come running, they come over there and you know what Jesus says? He says, Peter, why didn't you wait? A lot of us think because of our impatience, God's going to show up and he, he's going he's gonna to rebuke us and correct us, but, and he's going to challenge. No, no, he showed up and he said, Peter, this is the most powerful part. He said, do you love me? Because really he didn't even ask, like, why didn't you wait? He said, he shows up and said, I thought you loved me. And I know it's getting real quiet in here because some of us have suffered from the sin of impatience and, and, and we rush things and push things and force things and kick doors open. And Jesus doesn't show up and say, why didn't you wait? He shows up and says, I thought you loved me. I thought you loved me. And I know that hits home because it hits home for me. I remember, I've, been, I've been impatient before. Somebody who's a, who's a real, truthful, honest person, raise your hand if you've been impatient before. Come on, all you sinners with your hands down, go ahead and put them up. We've been impatient before, you liars. We're, we've been impatient, right? Come on, this is church. You can't lie in church. We're all looking up like while you're lying, we're like, there's lightning coming somewhere. We've been impatient. And, and yet, but God says, I have something greater for you if you'll just wait for the right timing. Right. 
And so then power comes, and the power of God came upon Peter so that Peter could stand up and preach. The same one who denied him three times, the same one who ran, all of a sudden now has the power of God in him to stand up in front of everybody and proclaim who Jesus is to thousands of people. And you know what Peter was doing? Peter was preaching in front of a bunch of people who don't know him and probably don't like him. I like preaching at this church. Because I believe, when I look at you, I believe you love me, <laughs> whether you do or not. I, I really, I'm like, they, these guys love me. They're, they're the best. And I like preaching in front of an audience I know, but imagine preaching in front of an audience that you're trying to talk to them about Jesus Christ and repenting and changing their life and turning from their ways and all these things, and it's a crowd that may not like you. Peter couldn't even confess to a group of people that he knew Jesus, but now he, he confesses to an entire crowd of people who Jesus is because of power. Everybody say power. power. God wants to give you power. Some of you have been living an impotent brand of Christianity, powerless brand of Christianity, and now's when the power is about to happen. Your prayers are all of a sudden going to have potency to them. Now, how do you remain in the anointing, in the Spirit of God? Can, do you want to know? Five people. How, do you want to know? Okay. And everybody online, somebody say yes. Type it in right now. Because uh, I, the, the word is only as good as the ground. So it could be a great preaching. And it is. But, but you, you have to be good ground to receive. I could preach all day up here, people. And I know I've preached in front of tens of thousands and two people and hundreds of people. But I know that when God's word is coming out, you got to be able to say, this is for me. And so anointing of how you remain in the anointing. We talked about the first two last week. Remember the spices? It says myrrh is the first one. Write myrrh down. We're taking good notes. I haven't thrown a microphone in a while, but I'm known to do crazy things. Just kidding. So, all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, we have uh, myrrh at the beginning, and myrrh is interesting because we talked about how it's, uh, myrrh uh, goes through a whole process. But myrrh, when we look at Scripture, and we have to always go back to Scripture, is it was at the birth of Jesus, it was at the anointing of Bethany, and it was at the burial before the resurrection when they washed his body and anointed it with oil. So we talked about how it represented the passing of one thing and the beginning of another thing. And so we talked about how sometimes we got to let it go. Somebody say, let it go. Let it go. go. Old mentalities, old attitudes, old thoughts, old ways, old old habits. The old habits die hard, but they have to die. The Bible says that, you know what? Behold, when I come into your life, I'm going to make everything new. You are a new creation in Christ. But what a lot of times what happens is we start clinging on to that dead old person. And we wonder how we're not living the life we're meant to be because we're living with dead things and dead things around living things don't go well. Oh, somebody say amen. That's good preaching. But you have the opportunity to not live around some of the dead stuff that got relationships, uh, uh, places and people and friends and all attitudes, all those things, beliefs and doctrine. I want to reshape some doctrine in this place. There are some beliefs out there that have been misshaped in the wrong perverted direction because that's how we demean women. That's how we end up demeaning other races. That's how we end up dividing the church and we end up splitting the church and we end up doing all these things because we're not preaching the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And we got to let the old religion die and new relationships of Christ come. Somebody give some God, God some praise because I know you agree with me that we got to let that die. 
and let it go. And then the second thing we talked about was cinnamon. Cinnamon. Cinnamon was talked about because we talked about how cinnamon represents, uh, 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 it was bundled upright, to be bundled straight and upright. And it also means sweet. So we talked about how bundled and upright, upright in the Bible means righteousness. And we talked about how self-righteousness will taste bitter, but God's righteousness will taste sweet. My, my righteousness is as a filthy rags, but God's righteousness is pure and white as snow. My righteousness will make people sick around me, but my, uh, his righteousness will make people healed around me. Oh, I just thought of that's the Holy Spirit. My righteousness. Yeah, you t- I'm telling you, I'll tell you when the Holy Spirit tells me in the moment. But you have this opportunity to see how my, my oh, because I carry my Bible, you know how many scriptures I read? You know how many times I pray a day? And that self-righteousness leaves people with a bitter taste in their mouth every time you go around them and you're wondering why you can't make friends. You're not making an impact. You're called to be a leader, but you lead absolutely no one because you got self-righteousness instead of his righteousness. And we, we all, we know people. We know people don't look around because they may be here, but look up here, but you, you don't, we know people who we felt and we left their presence and we felt bitter. It tasted bitter and I didn't like church that day. And I didn't like the thought of Christians and this God and this Jesus. And, and the reason people turn away from God isn't because of God. It's because of the way we present God. And so now we have this bitter group of people who hate Jesus. And Jesus is the most impossible person to hate. And we hate Jesus because of self-righteousness. But the way to stay in the anointing is to understand that I need to be upright in his righteousness and sweet. Sweet means loving, kind, tender, joyful. Smile. Everybody smile. You're at church. We ought to be happy. You ought to leave here and be like, church was good. Not like, church was good. And miserable. And we go to dinner and we're like, yeah, we went to church. And we look terrible. We We ought to be smelling sweet. Our worship, we talked about it's our worship. Our worship keeps us in a place of sweetness because the Bible says that our praise and our worship is like a sweet aroma to heaven. So we ought to worship. When we come in here, you ought to raise your hands whether you feel like it or not. You ought to clap your hands whether you feel like it or not. You ought to do something because your flesh is trying to stop you from living in the sweetness and living in the bitterness. And if you can force your flesh to do what it does not feel to do, you'll start living in a sweeter place of life. And then the third one, in new territory is this. <clears throat> it's Cain. Everybody say Cain. Cain. All right, go write Cain down. And let me tell you what Cain is. Cain is really important because Cain is just a, a, root, a shoot that comes right up. And you would see this like reeds. Imagine a reed. And you have a cane that shoots right up. And this cane, right? This, this wonderful thing is just pointed straight up. And, and the oil from a cane, a cane oil, will collect, not at the bottom, but at the top. So the oils of the cane will shoot right up its shoot and collect at the top. And how you harvest cane is by understanding when it's ready. So that's part of this. And so the, the oil will go all the way to the top. And when it gets to the top and it's full, it's ready. But how do you know it's ready? This is how you know it's ready. So what, what the farmers would wait for and the harvesters is they would wait for the cane to get all the way up, get as tall as it can, fill all the way top. And then the cane, when it is ready, it will bow 
because of the weight of the anointing, it will bow. Somebody hear me. Somebody help me preach. Because of the weight of the anoint, the oil, it will bow to the earth and it will humble itself. And when it is humbled, it is ready for harvest. The way you remain in the anointing is to remain humble before God. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We ought to, nobody, five people like to clap about being humble. But let me just tell you, humility starts at the heart. It doesn't start. How do you remember? And, and I have a hard time. I have a lot of people ask me, this is a hard one to do because how do I, the moment I say, oh, I'm really humble and I love being humble and I want to be humble. You're prideful. Okay. So you, you but the, what, how do you balance cockiness and confidence? Because it's really being able to look in the mirror and, and, and be able to be confident about who you are, but humble in God's presence. So how do you do that? And, and the way that I do that, and I'm just going to share what I do is that if I am, if I'm arrogant and cocky, I know it's because I've been boasting about me, but if I'm confident, it's because I've been boasting about him. So my humility comes from talking about him and less about me. My humility comes from bragging about God and not about me. And every time I talk about a new promotion, a blessing, an increase, a God, a something good happening in my life, I said, do you know what God did in my life? Let me share with you who God is. Let me tell you how great God is. Because when God gets the glory, you're the most humble person on earth. But when all the credit goes to you, you are going to be the most self-destructive, loathing, depressed person you've ever met because you will not make it in your own confidence. But to be humble, I I have to step over here and I have to be in his presence. I have to allow him to work. Now, the the next one is this, Cassia. Everybody say Cassia. Cassia is interesting. And I know I could preach probably the whole message on each one of these points, but I just want to hit them because they're mostly self-explanatory. I just want to give some practical applications to each one. So when you go to Cassia, Cassia is very interesting. Cassia was used uh, uh, as a an inner cleansing. I'm trying to be, uh, uh, clean. I'm trying to talk. I'm not trying to be uh, toilet humor. Everybody get me? Like I'm, I like Cassia is an inner cleanser. And so they would use Cassia for digestion. They would use Cassia to have a movement. Hallelujah. It, like a probiotic. They, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Cassia was this inner cleansing. And I, yeah, we're going to talk about this at church, right? Uh, so yeah, come on brother. Well, we, <laughs> All these jokes and and thoughts, I need to focus. So uh, Cassia is this inner cleansing. And what the Holy Spirit told me, and he gave me a very strong word. Um, because each one of the things I've been talking about represents the presence of how we carry ourselves, the posture in which we carry ourselves, uh, the position in which we uh, behave in front of the Lord. And this one, God gave me um, purge. It's an intense word. can feel violent. But... The, the, the process in which we cleanse ourselves, we always come to church and just we raise our hand and we say a simple prayer. We leave and we think we're clean. And let me just tell you, heart surgery is nothing simple. Brain surgery is not simple. And it's painful. It's difficult. It takes time because, listen to me, for those who are new into the things of God, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you were saved that moment. Your spirit is saved. But when, and when your body one day in the glorious return of God, your body will be saved. But the whole time you are living, your mind is being saved. Your Come on, somebody who knows 
because your mind is not saved, say a good amen right there. Because I know my mind's not saved. I think bad thoughts. I think negative thoughts. I think stupid thoughts. I think weird thoughts. I think awkward thoughts. I have all kinds of thoughts, right? But I need my mind to, I need a purging to happen. I need, the Bible says, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Transform my mind. Give me new thoughts. How many want some new thoughts out there? I don't want to keep thinking the way the world tells me to think. I don't want to keep thinking about what they want me to think. I need to feel and think about what God wants me to. But there's a cleansing, an inner cleansing of the Holy Spirit that needs to take place. And you need to say, Holy Spirit, clean my mind. Holy Spirit, I know it's going to take time, but clean my heart. And just like David cried, created me a steadfast spirit, oh God. And you got to pray for a cleansing because the only way to remain in God's anointing is to constantly be cleansed and clean. And it's powerful. It's painful, but it's powerful. And and then the last thing that I want to give you as far as the oils go is olive oil. Write down olive oil. Olive oil. Now, olive oil does represent the Holy Spirit within itself. But olive oil in its process is very important in Scripture. In the canon of Scripture from beginning to end, we understand that the the, the process of oil has played a very important part in the description of our walk with God. So let me explain. When an olive is taken from a tree and you want to get oil, it needs to go to the threshing floor and it needs to be pressed Everybody say pressed. pressed. That was purged. This is pressed. And pressed, when you press it, it squishes that olive. And then the oil comes out. And we start to get extra virgin olive oil. But when you, cr- when you crush it, you crush the pit, and you get all the disintegrated pieces of the olive. You get the bitter taste from the seed, and it's no good. Do you remember a scripture in the Bible that says, I am pressed but not crushed? Uh, the, the scripture is so perfectly woven together because we need to understand that the pressing is good. Crushing is bad. I'm not here to let the enemy crush me, but when God wants to press me, oh, he's about to get the best from me because God, before you were born, before you took your first breath, before you knew your name, before your parents knew your name, before you, when you were just a twinkle in your daddy's eye, God had already had something great to put in you. And he said, I've got greatness in you. I've got good things in you. I've got gifts in you. And God says, sometimes I got to squeeze you to get the best out of you. Because when you get squeezed, stuff comes out. And all the time we think that when we get squeezed, all the worst will come out. But really when you get pressed, that's when the best comes. That's when the extra virgin comes. That's when God's got, because he said, don't worry when you get pressed, I know what's going to come out. And if something bad needs to come out, good. But guess what? Something better is right behind it. And God's got something great for you. He deposit. And if God made the deposit, he can make the withdrawal. That's what this is. Let me explain how it looks like in church. When a preacher starts talking about tithing. I went to church that one time. He talked about money the whole time and I left and I never went back because I didn't like the press. Oh, he started talking about serving again. And oh, oh I could. Oh, he's trying to get us to do and work for him <laughs> for free. Who does this guy think? Ugh. We're like, nope, I'm out. And we don't like the pressing. Or we get pressed at our job. We get pressed at our home. We get pressed in our marriage. We get pressed. But in our pressing, that's how diamonds through pressure, that's how diamonds are made. But if you can see yourself with the true value of what was, is within you, then you will allow the pressing to happen to you. 
And so God has a pressing sometimes that he'll do for you. This pressure of COVID, all the, the enemy is going to tell you nothing good will come from this. The enemy is going to tell you nothing good is happening. The enemy is going to tell you in your mind and in your heart, everything is going to hell in a handbasket. But God is saying, oh, you're not destroyed. He can't touch you. But the pressing is when I get the best out of my body of Christ, out of my bride, out of my children, out of my men, out of my women. Come on, give God some praise if you feel the pressing and you know that God it's okay to be pressed that's how you grow that's how you get stronger get underneath that bench press and put something up there God God is going to do a great work in your life but sometimes the press it's we we balk at it we run from it we push we we take off and we get mad about it but the pressing is is the best thing it's it's kind of like with working out. You got to start loving the pain. Healthy things cost. Quality things cost. It takes a lot. And that pressing is going to happen. Now I want to read something new to you. Okay, I'm going to give you one more thing and we're going to close. This is very interesting. Go to verse uh, 26. That's where I stopped. Exodus chapter 30, verse 26. If you're tuned in online, I want you to share right now because what I'm about to share is about to change somebody's life. This point that I'm about to preach, nobody, you've never heard anybody preach it. And I'm about to tell you a key to transform every day of your life. It says it right here. It says, with it, you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of the testimony. I wish I could show you the tabernacle of meeting, how big it was massive. And then I want you to go ahead and I want you to anoint the ark. And then he says the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils and the laver and its base. You shall consecrate them that they must be holy. Whatever touches them. Oh, I love that word because did you know the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to live a touchless life? Uh, the Holy, whatever touches them, the Holy Spirit wants to touch you. God doesn't want to have a distant relationship that you only know him. God wants that. That's why a lot of people can argue with what you know, but nobody can argue with what you've been touched with. Nobody can argue with what you've experienced in your testimony. And when God touches you, undeniable. And he says, he must be holy and you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. He listed this whole list. What do you think that means? Let me just tell you what that means. Because the Holy Spirit spoke to me in this moment. He says, after everything that you've gotten ready, and we got the oils ready, and you got your heart ready, I need you to go ahead and put a demand on the anointing that I established. Because when you put a demand on me, I can anoint. Some of us think, oh, well, oh, he got an anointing. Is there enough left for me? And Oh, does she got touched. Can I get touched? Oh, oh my, their, their family's doing good. Can my family do good? Or that church, his preaching's anointed. Why can't their preaching be? God has enough anointing when the people of God realize they will never run out of anointing and there needs to be a demand lest there never be a supply when you put a demand then the supply the supply doesn't come before the demand the demand comes before the supply i know it in scripture all the way into jesus life jesus was walking through a crowd just like this and all of a sudden someone started fighting through the crowd 
And as they were fighting through the crowd, this woman with an issue of blood pushes her way until she finally touched the hem of his garment. And he hits back like this and he says, who touched me? Because somebody withdrew, the Bible says, anointing from me. Who put a demand on my anointing? Who put a withdrawal on my touch? Who put a demand on a healing in my life? I felt it. Did you know that God feels that more than anything? He feels when you put a demand on his anointing. He feels when you put a demand and say, oh God, I need you to touch my marriage right now. Oh God, I'm putting a demand for my kids right now. Oh God, my child's in the hospital. I'm putting a demand on you. I need a supply because there is a demand and there must be a demand. Our nation needs God. We keep calling government to fix this and them to fix that and hopefully they can do this but only God through the demand of the Holy Spirit. If his people called by his name will humble themselves and seek the Lord, he will heal their land. But I'm wait, God is waiting for you to put a demand on him instead of everybody else. Because there needs to, it was anointing, everything, 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 everything got anointed. Nothing got left anointed. Nothing got left anointed. Nothing got left unanointed. Nothing got left unanointed. Some of you come into here and some of you tuning in online, you think, oh, I didn't get touched. Oh, no, you didn't. The devil's trying to tell you you don't feel it. But I'm here to tell you God's gifts are without reproach. And when his Holy Spirit falls, it falls on everybody. It feels different to you and you and you and you. But I'm telling you right now, you have the Holy Spirit it with you. You have the anointing of God, but the devil's going to lie to you and say, oh, I I just didn't feel it. What does feeling have to do with anything? You think your flesh wants you to feel the touch of God? You think the devil wants you to? But you got to put a demand. You got to put a demand on God. This is where we see it all through. Again, all the, the, the next piece that came to my mind was the centurion. The centurion put a demand. He said, you got to come to my house. And then Jesus wasn't even getting close. And he said, you know what? Just send your word. I put a demand. I know what authority and power you walk in. All you got to do, Jesus, is speak into my life and my daughter will be healed. I put a demand on the power and the anointing. Come on, if you're with me, get excited with me. Even stand with me. God is doing something in your life. And you need to put a demand on it. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Whew, if you sit down, I'll preach another 30 minutes. I, I feel like God wants us to put it. We keep looking at God like we're asking too much. A lot of us, oh, well, how many have ever done this to somebody you were like trying to meet with? Or A lot of people do this. Pastor, I know you're a busy guy. But can I meet with you? I just need you to pray for me and my wife to restore our marriage. I'm like, that is my job. I would love to meet with you and pray with you. And, and, and they're like, but I don't want to bother you. And I think we approach God like that. I, I think a lot of times we approach, God, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot, of pe- a lot of people with bigger issues. But God is saying, no, please don't do that. 
I made all this oil for you and I've got a Holy Spirit ready to pour out for you. I sent my son for you. He died for you, rose again for you. He poured the spirit out for you. Can you please just speak and let me know and put a demand on what I have to give you because I've got gifts, I've got blessings, but I can't give it to those who do not ask. And you need to, I know a man, a powerful man, uh, Todd White, is that his name? Yeah, a powerful man of God. He was going around and he decided the Lord anointed him to go pray and heal, for, heal, heal people, right? <laughs> How nervous would you be? Uh, he said, just go randomly walking down the street praying for people and, and, and then pray for them to be totally healed right then and there. And he started doing it. You know what happened? He didn't heal anybody. Not a single person. You know what? By the hundredth person, you know what happened? Nobody got healed. You know what happened by the second hundredth person? Nothing happened. Third, fourth, you know what? The seven hundredth and one person, he said he would mark every person he prayed for. He said, I I had to pray for 700 people to finally get to that person. Now that man is operating in an anointing of God of breakthrough that everyone he touches, God starts healing them because he put a demand. He said, no, I'm not quitting. No, I'm not backing down. No, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop worshiping. I'm not going to stop clapping. I'm not going to stop reading my word. I will put a demand on the Holy Spirit that he must show up to what he spoke and there's a power here today that you can walk away with and I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you're ready to receive the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit I want your hand to shoot up as high as you can go just like that cane stalk and say God I need your power I need your fresh anointing God I need a Holy Spirit outpour right now if it's been a long time since you have felt the Holy Spirit in your life raise your hand here and online and God is about to pour out a fresh anointing on you Holy Spirit with every hand raised. Come on, you got to pray. 700, 700. How many times? How many times will you pray? How many times will you worship? How many times will you seek the Lord and know that that promise is still true and not give up, but know that it's going to be fulfilled and all you got to do is press in. All you got to do is let the pressing take place and remain in the anointing because the outpouring is coming. Holy Spirit, right now, shower your children under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill our minds and fill our hearts. God, Lord, help us to be upright and righteous with you. God, Lord, help us to allow the passing of the old and the bringing of the new. God, help us to purge, Lord, anything that is inside of us that is not of you. And help us to be humble enough to say, I want you, God, in my life. And Lord, help us to allow the pressing to take place. For it's in the pressing that we get our best. And then, Lord, I pray everywhere we walk and everywhere we go and everything we do, let us put a demand on the Holy Spirit. When we see an issue, we don't need to put a demand on anyone or anything other than the Holy Spirit. When we see a problem, put a demand on the Spirit. When we see a situation, put a demand on the Spirit. When we see sickness, put a demand on the Spirit. When we see disease, put a, ma- put, put a demand on the Holy Spirit. And put a demand on the Holy Spirit right now. Oh, there's breakthrough. Some of you, there's, there's ministry in this house. Somebody said so there's someone in this room right now that's called to ministry and God has called you to do something phenomenal and he has been waiting on you and the Lord is saying right now, today is your day where you awaken the greatness within you and I've been calling you and you knew when you were nine years old that God called you to do something great for him and you've been running but today's the day where you turn back. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that you're going to move in a powerful way. 
And I thank you, you filled each and every one of your children. We are anointed of the Lord. And we are blessed and highly favored. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shouted a good amen. Let's give God some praise. Amen. What a great Sunday. I'm looking forward to seeing you next Sunday. I've got something brand new that the Holy Spirit's beginning to download in me, and I want you to be here for it. All three services have been filling up real quick, uh, so make sure that you fill up and you get your RSVP, and then if we keep filling them up, then we'll add a fourth and a fifth and whatever we need to do to accommodate and make sure that we can reach the people of God and see God's kingdom grow. Amen? Okay, great. Well, let's speak this declaration over our week, our family, and our life. And let's have an incredible week, anointed, an anointed week. And we'll come back next Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Love you all. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life, send us an email at info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining us for the first time with our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send that gift. We are so glad that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. That's right, so make sure you stay connected because why? We are so much better together. Bye, Bridge fam. Gonna live again. Oh, this is a sound. Drop